Hello from sunny Austin, Texas, and welcome to the Healthcare Soothsayer podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bonnie Clipper, and yes, I am a nurse. I have worked for more than 30 years as a nurse, chief nurse executive, innovation strategist, and speaker. I am grateful for the opportunities to have created nationally recognized programs and for building the framework to bring 4 million nurses from across the country into the innovation space. I get to connect regularly with healthcare leaders and frontline professionals to talk about ways to improve patient outcomes, access, cost efficiencies, and clinical workflows. I have taken the message of Nursing Innovation International and look forward to continuing this message to transform healthcare. This podcast will bring you thought leaders and ideas that you may not have heard otherwise. This is their opportunity to share with you what they see in their crystal ball through their unique lens and perspective in healthcare and what we can anticipate as a result. Have you ever wondered what it would be like as a nurse or a clinician to actually have platforms or tools that can assist you and actually making your life easier and finding ways to tee up the workflows that are most important and getting some of those tedious non-value added tasks off your plate, such as making several calls, texts, phone calls. Well, tune in today and we're going to talk exactly about how you might be able to do that. Welcome to Healthcare Soothsayers. Our guest today is Dr. Cheryl McKay, Chief Nurse Executive at Tiger Connect. Cheryl, I'm so excited to be talking to you today. Hi, Bonnie. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you. I'm really excited about your podcast and to be here with you today. Excellent. And I want to dig into, um, I want to talk about you, actually. So you're in a really unique role. Can you tell us a little bit about your role, about yourself, and about what you do there at Tiger Connect? Absolutely. Thank you. I am the nurse executive at Tiger Connect, and I work for Tiger Connect and the clinical team. And what we do is really help to translate technology into meaningful clinical workflows and to help make it easier for staff to utilize technology and create efficiencies um, and, and improve outcomes because uh, everybody's doing more with less. And so it's important that clinical people are involved in the technology process. Give us, if you can, just kind of give us an example or give us a little bit more detail around what that means to have clinical people involved in that process. Sure. Oftentimes, technology projects um, get off to a a bad start or finish, and up to 70% of technology projects can fail. We saw that a lot with EHRs in terms of it didn't didn't work very well for clinicians. Um, And a a lot of times, clinicians weren't involved in the project planning, project selection, um, any input in terms of what that looked like, how it would impact their workflows, what other technology did they use? And so it makes perfect sense for us to bring clinicians and even and bedside clinicians too. That isn't just at the leadership level, but staff and leadership to the table to work with the IT experts and other technologists to implement a new technology 
to make sure that it's successful and that it works for the clinical team because they're the end users. Yeah, that's awesome. And I am going to want to double click on that in a minute. But first, I want to know about you. So tell us about yourself and how you got yourself into that role. Well, as you know, I've been a nurse for a long time. I was a clinician for over 20 years with uh, practice in critical care as an administrator, as a researcher for health systems. And as I finished my doctoral work, looking at different care models um, and collaboration and communication within healthcare, I was recruited by a technology company at that time, Nant Health, to help build a population platform where a care coordination model could be used to um, streamline workflows and make technology actually work for the people who use it, those end users. And I've carried that um, throughout the rest of my experience. So I've been in technology now for, for close to a decade. And I would say all of my work is helping nurses, helping staff make life easier by using technology. And that's my passion. And that's what I like to focus on. It's awesome that you have utilized your nursing background in that way. And, in, and particularly, we're at such a unique time with all of the technology and the opportunities for, frankly, for more technology, because oftentimes what's missing from that equation or the translation or the true design and development and input are the nurses. So I, I love that that's the role that you really focus on. Absolutely. And sometimes we still have a hard time getting nursing to the table and the chief nursing officers um, to be sitting with the CFO or the CMO to make sure that they have a say. But that's our goal, uh, especially if they're the main target of the use of the product. Now, we're a clinical communication and collaboration platform. We're a full platform, and we do everything from secure messaging to alarm management, alerting, and really work with integrating into different systems like your EHR to make sure the right information goes to the right person so that they can respond appropriately at the right time. And that expands not only from inpatient, but across the entire health system. And that's where those efficiencies can come in. And that's where we can really make a difference and an impact in those care outcomes. So how, if I was a nurse, a direct care nurse on a unit, um, can you give me an example or two of how your platform would actually help make my life easier or make my workflows better? Sure, absolutely. Um, for instance, working with an academic medical center, they were having problems with their door-to-needle time for TPA, for stroke patients. And we worked with the nursing staff, uh, specifically in the ED and the stroke coordinators, to ensure that when a patient was admitted, a stroke team, everybody involved in that, you know, from the nursing to lab to pharmacy, CAT scan, residents, attending, neurotransfer, that everybody had that information and was alerted to the patient coming in and had context of that patient. 
And so they could respond appropriately. And the nurse and the ED could communicate very efficiently with any of the providers, including, you know, the residents, the attendings. Sometimes it's really hard to find people. And this makes it much easier for the nurse to be able to find people and not spend 30% of their time chasing down others. Yeah, and I love that because we know, of course, as um, this nursing shortage, uh, it's only going to be exacerbated and there's so much chaos. And certainly you and I know as nurses, it's kind of as though, um, what is it, the chickens have come home to roost, right? We've known for a very long time nursing is a difficult job. We have jumped up and down saying that compensation really isn't where it should be staffing and the way we talk about it and measure it and this system called productivity, really, they're not the best way for us to frame and discuss and handle how we provide care. Yet, we're kind of in this situation where as we're going to find ourselves, um, at least according to the McKinsey study last week, 450,000 nurses short by 2025 Tools like what you're describing and platforms uh, such as Tiger Connect are going to help us eliminate all of the tasky, nonsensical, non-value-added things that nurses do. So that's, that's fantastic that you're focused on that. Let me ask you this, Cheryl. When you go into an organization and you begin to talk with, um, you said, nursing in terms of the the tools, the the platforms, how do nurses react? Are they excited to be engaged? Do they want to share their knowledge with you? And do they want to make sure this is really leveraged in the best way possible? I think that's a great question, Bonnie. And we still see a wide spectrum of responses. Um, And as you and I have experienced, technology hasn't always been a friend to nursing. So I think a lot of times there's a sense of hesitancy um, in terms of this is just another thing that's going to be added to my list and it's not going to take away anything that I am already doing. And so it's important as a clinician, I always like to make an assessment, even when we start at the very beginning, to see how we can make things easier and create those efficiencies. And it, sometimes it takes some conversations, but it definitely takes a partnership. And so working with the champions, those who are really interested in technology or clinical communication or alarming and alerting, to really hone in on sometimes some quick wins so that everybody can see those successes and then move to that longer term partnership and what that looks like for their team in terms of progress. Do you see the light bulb go off when they get some quick wins and finally start to understand how this will benefit them? We do. We actually like to try and do that um, right up front because it's important for the staff to see those quick ones, but then to share it with their leadership who may not always be that close to the bedside or to what's going on in terms of outcomes and the technology that's used. That's super cool. So healthcare is clearly in a state of disruption, not only from workforce issues. I think we continue to struggle with um, the provision of care, where care is provided, 
provided, how care is provided, even continue to have our issues. And I'm not sure how much, if any, headway we've made around equity. When you take a look into your crystal ball, what do you see coming in terms of where we're heading um, in the future, either of nursing or healthcare in general? I think that the impact of COVID is going to be felt for some time, but I don't think that is a cause in and of itself. I think it made people more aware of the state of healthcare and what nurses contribute to healthcare. So I see there are still going to be staffing shortages. There's a lot of things contributing to that. We don't have enough professors, so we can't take in enough staff on a yearly basis. Um, more people are leaving because it is, it is a hard job. And then I think young people have many more choices as they're going through school. So I think we're going to see a staffing shortage. So we really need to continue to maximize the use of technology where we can to benefit staff. One of the things I see is virtual technology. So working with transfer centers or command centers and seeing the expansion of that virtual care, taking things off nurses at the bedside shoulders to someplace where it can be managed in a more efficient setting. We're going to see more and more of, of that. And I think we're going to see a rise of different models of care, which we've needed for some time, right? Um, more team care, the ability to use everybody at the top of their license. There's things that we've been talking about for a long time. But I think that we're going to see those accelerate more quickly. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And and as we know in nursing, 30% of what nurses do are non-value-added activities and could literally be removed from their workload. So even if you were to dig into those tasks, those activities alone, that's a fair amount of work, right? And that's everything from schlepping and hunting and gathering and finding supplies and hunting people down and making calls, things of that nature. Clearly, there is a very strong case, a use case for the work that you guys are doing at Tiger. I think there's also opportunities that cause us to get out of our own heads as nurse leaders as chief nurse execs, at, and even as nurses, quite honestly, there isn't a way to get through this next couple of years without adopting even more technology. And I get my fair share of people that message, email, and send me stuff through LinkedIn that say, nurses need to remain high touch. We're not here for the technology and I remind people, it, it, it isn't an either or. I think the, the way we win and the way patients win is that it, it's a both. It's an and. That means we as nurses should continue our practice with empathy and compassion and high touch. And we have to adopt technology that is going to help us. And as you said, we have to operate at the top of our license. And that means getting out some of the stuff that we don't need to do. Absolutely. Think about that in terms of just alarms to a bedside nurse. An average ICU nurse now receives almost 400 alarms a day per patient. 
how are they supposed to manage that and route that? You know, how can we make sure that it's routed appropriately so that they can manage that? When, when you and I were in critical care, we did not see that many alarms. But now with more technology, more equipment, there is more and more coming to the nurse within a short period of time. So if we can take that and route that to the appropriate person intelligently, then that make, can make a big difference. Take, for instance, just a water call on a unit. Does a RN need to respond to that? Absolutely not. That should go to the patient care technician. And if there is a, a drug issue, does all of that need to go to the RN? No. Is there a pharmacist on the unit that can help with that? So really by looking at what the nurses do and where some of those workflows can be managed by other people and managing that within the technology, we have a huge opportunity. Absolutely. Now, you you mentioned something that just gives me pause and it makes me wonder. You said there's an average of 400 alarms uh, a shift. Is that right for a nurse in the ICU? It could be up to that many per patient. Yeah. There's, okay. It's ex- it's expanded greatly. Here's my question. Has there been research done that shows how that impacts clinician burnout? Because clearly that is a strong input that is just sort of nattering at people all day, every shift they work, if they work in the ICU. Right. And burnout and fatigue is a huge issue with with nursing right now, as, as well as secondary uh, trauma based on the emotional output of nurses and what they're dealing with every day. There is, there is research. It is definitely not complete. And there is opportunity for us to really improve the science in that area. But we have to start somewhere. And I know that's a focus of our clinical team right now is really focusing in on our analytics and seeing where we can make those improvements and at what level does that alarm equate to nurse fatigue. Um, so for instance, in one research study, it was greater than 10 minutes uh, to respond to an alarm by a nurse that was indicative of a level of of fatigue. Um, And that's different in different areas of practice. So we need to look at that, what we have now and where we can fill the gaps. And I know our team is specifically focused on that from a fatigue level and a burnout level, but I think all of your CNOs are too. Yeah. It sounds like this really, for people that are listening, that are looking for opportunities for, from a nursing research perspective, this is clearly an area where we can demonstrate more of the link. I think that also is going to really clarify the problem, which is then going to tee that up for people to solve that problem around alarms and burnout and fatigue and the impact that that has on nurses. Right. And how can that be better managed? So, for instance, using a mobile device and delivering alerts and alarms to the mobile device. And at what point and which alarms are most appropriate to do that? So that's what our team is focused on. And we, we work with each individual client to try and um, maximize that efficiency in order to make things easier so that that burnout can be ju- just a little bit less, you know, incrementally. We try and make those differences with with everything we touch related to technology. 
Wow, that's awesome. It seems as though you really can do a lot of things to impact that work environment, particularly at that unit level where the care is happening. And, and that does have a lasting impact um, on, on not only patients, but on nurses, right? I mean, we have to find ways to make these workplaces, these cultures, ones that are comfortable, safe, doable so that nurses can be successful. And at some point, we really do need to find ways to really enjoy and find the joy in what we're doing as nurses, because so much of that feels like it's just been stripped out of patient care these days. Absolutely. And I I think that also allows us an opportunity to step onto the value side of care. I know Tim Porter O'Grady was was talking about that at AONL this year, and it really resonated with me until we step to the value side and can show and demonstrate empirically what nurses do. It will be difficult for us to be able to step to that value side and be seen as um, equals across the healthcare system. So that's our opportunity. Yeah, I think I think you're right and and you know right now we do not have good ways to demonstrate the value nurses bring to this patient care equation. So I do know there's work being done on that, but I would say boy, jeepers, we got to light a fire under that stuff because until we can demonstrate our value, we truly don't know our worth. And until we truly know our worth, we're just kind of shooting in the dark as we're talking about salary and compensation, right? We know it should be a little more than we're making. We don't know how much it should be. We don't know what it looks like. Well, we have to get much better at talking about what is it we're actually contributing. Exactly. Right now, nursing is the um, largest cost in an organization related to staffing. So we have to be able to translate that cost into a value proposition so that all of our healthcare system leaders understand what that means and that we're no longer looked at in purely cost measures and and a way to cut costs is to cut nurses. So we need to make sure that we're supporting our staff and our governance shared governance models, and our researchers out there to help us get to those empirical outcomes. Yeah, clearly there is no shortage of opportunity for us. It's just really a matter of um, all hands on deck so we can make some of these changes. Absolutely. And it's going to take all of us. So it, it would be nice for us to see what that equates to something like a consortium or how can we bring people who who are interested together to do that work. Yep. I think there's tremendous opportunity, Cheryl. And, and certainly we're going to have to hear from um, a very diverse group of voices. And in, in nursing, we haven't always liked that. We've, we've liked to kind of skate down the middle and think somewhat mainstream. I don't think we can do that anymore. I think the answer could be around the fringes instead of being down the middle. So we're going to have to get much better at bringing broad groups of people to the table and starting to listen and to truly hear the the real issues and potentially some of the solutions that we would have been less willing to explore in the past. I think we're I think we're getting there though, Bonnie. I'm purely an optimist there. I think that we are being more inclusive. Obviously, you have seen the resilience of nurses in general, um, but I think we are in 
proving um, our inclusiveness and civility amongst each other because we brought it to the forefront. So although we still have huge opportunities in all of these areas, we are making progress and it's important for us to celebrate that progress. Yeah, absolutely. Right. We're, we're making improvements and there is still quite a long ways to go. So I think we're going to be working on this pretty aggressively for a while. But Cheryl, this has been awesome. And this is a great place for us to put a pin in it for today. And I am extremely grateful for you taking the time out of your busy schedule to spend some time with us here on Healthcare Soothsayers podcast. So thank you. It's such a pleasure, Bonnie. Thank you. It's great to be here with you today and with all of your listeners. And be sure to check out the show notes for this show to find Cheryl's contact information and to learn more about her work. Thanks so much for listening to Healthcare Soothsayers. I really do appreciate it. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and share it with your network. That is how we grow and learn. If you have ideas for show topics or guests, please reach out to me directly at ThoughtLeaderRN on Twitter. For information about this show or any of the others in the Touchpoint Media Network, please check them out at touchpoint.health. 